0: You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he he's literally just like Tokyo's number one henchman. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's just, just really good at what he he's does. He's just
1: diving and rolling and shooting everybody. Like, the, what's amazing too is in almost every action sequence, how he has like nothing that he's covering himself with. It's not like he jumps behind <laughs> something. This guy almost in every action sequence just jumps, dives into an open space, and then starts rolling around and shooting everybody, and they can't get to him just because he's so skilled. It's it's wild. Oh yeah, like like
0: like the whole. <laughs> Uh, the whole like snowy white train track shootout followed by the um, yeah. sort of shootout that takes place with the gang members raiding uh their place with like katanas and stuff like that. Yeah, and even speaking like, he, on the
1: he, train thing, like that itself is very uh jarring mm-hmm. because he he it shows the train coming at him while he's pointing a gun at one of the hitmans that's after him, and he runs, dives, and then starts shooting, and then it just cuts to him walking away in the snow. And so you're kind of like, yeah. okay, well, we know he got away, but did he kill that guy? <laughs> did the train get him? Did like there's no answer until about I don't know like 10, 15 minutes later when that guy shows up again and he's like, you know, why did you let me go or something like that, but he doesn't tell you yeah, that. So yeah. you're just kind of sitting there in the dark for a little while and it's it's kind of part of his style, I guess.
0: Yeah. No, definitely, cuz cuz again, he just for he he doesn't seem to care just about like uh, continuity in in editing at all he's yeah. just like yeah we're just gonna cut to the next thing that's it i'm gonna the bare bones yep. that's what i'm going know include. that he got
1: away and that's all you needed to know
0: <laughs> yeah well because I, I think after that scene he is saved by a former atsuka henchman atsuka is the um the uh head of the gang who's trying to take down who's karuta boss okay is this the guy uh, that beats everybody
1: up on that hill in that wide shot yes <laughs> yeah Yes. they sound like so six this,
0: guys uh, the, So this is where you get some of the more sort of like the, the thematic elements of the movie kind of brought in because this henchman basically describes his process of going solo. And, um, um, Tetsu doesn't respect this guy because he's lost his sense of duty and loyalty. Um, and he doesn't work for his boss anymore. He's solo. He's just, you know, he's a hired gun. Yeah. But you could tell that he still has some sort of ethical or moral code because he, you know, he, he saved this other henchman and he's like, you know what? You really should just think for your own survival because look how much, effort is being put into killing you just because of your relationship to your boss. Like that's wild. Right. Yeah. And then he also has this, this line that's really important where he says, it's hard to know what's in people's hearts. Mm. Their actions are like what sort of like make people who they are. It's hard to know what they really, really feel about you. So having an undying sense of duty or loyalty could come back to bite you in the ass, right. which is mm. obviously exactly what happens as we, did, <laughs> it, we pivot yeah. kind of towards the the um, final section of the film, as he, there's a whole nother set piece that takes place in like a, a pastel insanely saturated like saloon just to get that western reference in there even more specifically and he starts a giant bar fight where people are punching each other onto tables and breaking chairs and uh even even the 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 stripper stops before punching him because he's so handsome and it's like (laughs) yeah uh and it's like oh hey who are you yeah i think she says you're much better than american men or something like that yeah (laughs) And she, uh, she then punches a dude who's trying to like punch him, but then there's like, you know, all kinds of dollies and pans and set destruction, like literally a whole painting and second floor comes down in that set during that fight. Yeah. And like girls are beating some of the dudes who are fighting each other with beer bottles and vegetables. I, I lost <laughs> it when the woman pulled out just a stick of celery and started beating a man with it. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. Like again, the visual insanity of him doing like, what is like sort of like that, that old school, uh, fifties Western bar fight, like something that we've, we've, we've seen before. Um, and again, just taking it to the, to the next level, but then also having it be kind of pretty violent. Like some of the deaths in this are, you know, like there is one dude who gets like his, his, his eye mutilated when it gets shot. And there's, there's all kinds of, uh, hurting and maiming and killing. And eventually what this does become is a movie about henchmen who put their own bodies on the line for their bosses. (laughs) Yeah. Because really the main characters in this film are all the other henchmen he's hurting. And he realizes that he actually, by the end of the film, has more in common with these, these these henchmen than he does, you know, his his actual uh boss. And the whole point is that he is going to become the Tokyo Drifter, the titular Tokyo Drifter. He's gonna right. go on his lonesome. And there's actually a part in this where um one of the rival henchmen basically kills himself to not be caught by them. Yeah. And Uh, It's a very effective moment because basically, you know, the the henchman who has gone solo, the guy who saved him, basically was like poor guy was bound by a sense of duty. And that's exactly (laughs) Tetsu's in that exact same boat. So Tetsu got to look at his future where eventually he does get caught. Maybe he can't survive because, again, he does cartoonishly escape every single one of these set pieces. But the implication is that one day this is going to catch up with him. He's going to get old. He's going to get tired. He's not going to be as fast. Yep. And he's probably going to kill himself for his boss. Meanwhile, his boss who is now sitting in a room meeting with this Atsuka character, they're sitting on like these stools and pipes in like a purple room. Again, the set design is absolutely insane. The way that they're sitting obviously doesn't even make sense. They're sitting at like different elevations and stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but he offers him a deal. He says, if you kill your henchman Tetsu, cause I just don't like him and you give me his girlfriend, uh, who is the local singer at the club? Um, then you know we'll forgive all of this. All of it will be gone. You can go legit. We'll buy you out. What does his boss do? Immediately fucking sells him out, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 speaking of the the girlfriend singer too, I I really like her inclusion of the film because with with Tetsu, you know, you have the the stylized James Bond cool yakuza hitman stuff, and then with her, it adds kind of that element of like romanticism and love Mm -hmm. that is pretty much missing from every every other element of this movie so um, I just like because every time she shows up she's always like she's always in this beautiful lighting a beautiful dress and she's singing usually a very sad love song